back to episode six of Survivor at Home, the podcast. I'm your host, Jordan, along with co-host Andrew Ironside here, and we are excited to talk about Survivor 41, episode six, ready to play like a lion, which is a quote from Erica this episode, and I'm sure we'll get to that as we get going here. But Andrew, welcome in. We're excited to get this episode going. Thanks, and uh, I want to in- I want to introduce our guest this week. Our guest has played Survivor at Home three times that's so back-to-back weeks with a th- with our two on- our only two three-time survivor at home contestants uh the queen of idols the queen of finding idols at least um has found more idols i have called her on multiple occasions the hardest person to vote out in survivor at home because she always has an idol in her pocket um and we're excited to chat this week with andrew's sister katie ironside so welcome in katie how are you Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So Katie, we always love to ask our guests first about their, uh, some survivor things about them. So can you tell us your history uh, in survivor and watching the show and how you came to enjoy it so much? Yes. I remember vividly the scene of Richard dangling his arm skin at the end of, I think the first It's or good that you finished that sentence there, by the way, <laughs> dangling his. <laughs> Just keeping everyone on their seat, end of their seat. Um, I, this is a great start to my, uh, my appearance on your show. Our show is now explicit um, after I, tonight. <laughs> I have to change your rating now. Um, I, yeah, I remember watching it in the basement of our childhood home and thinking what a crazy show this was. And then I think maybe our parents saw a couple episodes and realized at that point, this maybe wasn't something kids should be watching. It was a different era back then. Um, anyway, so I kind of took a long break from it. And then in 2016, Andrew and Steph introduced me to the new survivor. Um, I think Karong, Karong, is that how you say it? That sounds about right. Uh, yeah, the one with Mark the Chicken. That was the first season that got me back in, and I've been watching ever since. Yeah, that's very cool. And obviously, Andrew, you would know a bit of that that history as well. Um, I do but, remember uh, that. I remember watching in the basement specifically at our old place. Um, nice. I, I guess I would have been 13, I want to say. Yeah, I would have been 13. Okay. And uh, did, so wait, did we watch the whole season or did they, mom and dad say, we don't want you watching this? I don't, I can't remember. I, I remember watching it as well. Yeah. I don't remember how much of it that we watched. I feel like we did watch the whole thing. I Yeah, I genuinely don't remember. I think it's one of those things that... We probably watched bits and pieces of, but as a kid, it all kind of muddles together. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, I only remember that season though. Everything else, I think we either just forgot or I never watched. Interesting. Yeah. To hear you guys, you guys get to grow up together and and watch Survivor together. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty cool. Um, Katie, Survivor at home three times. Can you give us a strategy lesson that you learned Mm -hmm. either learn to practice and execute on or something you learned after the fact? Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that I picked up about three quarters of the way through the first season was that your social game is so important. And I think it's also the hardest way to play over zoom and over different apps. Um, you have such a short period of time to be able to, um, interact with people and to make decisions. For me, a big part of that was I kind of felt like I was going in blind because I based so much of my relational interactions on reading people physically. And when you're looking at someone over screen, it's just not the same. 
So I knew after the first season, I really had to work better at that going into the next seasons. Um, and then my sort of long-standing goal has been to play an idol well. You you referred to that a little bit in the introduction. I uh, I did, and that was my that is actually where my next question was going. I believe I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I believe you in three seasons you found upwards of six, maybe seven idols. Is it that sounds, high? That sounds close. Yeah, sounds I about. So. I, I I'm imagining two per season. I know the two seasons that I've played with you, you've at least found two each, if not idols advantages for sure. What is it like sitting in, let's say, right after the merge, you're in a tribal council and you're holding at least one immunity idol? and you have no idea who's going home, you should know that it's not you and you're safe, but you have no idea who's, what, who's going home, what's happening, and you have a, a hidden immunity idol sitting in your pocket. Can you describe what that's, what that's like? There's almost a mantra that's come out of the show is that you'd hate to go home with an idol in your pocket. And I think that's almost swayed me too far to the other side that so many times when I was going back and forth, that would be my thought. Like, but what if? What if this is the time that I get blindsided and I'm the fool who goes home with an idol in my pocket? Um, so yeah, I think for that's me, changed, Dave. Yeah. I've commented mm -hmm. on this before that whereas that used to be the commentary on playing idols and you'd be, yeah, you'd be the fool that goes home with the idol in your pocket. I think we've said there's value in making a strategy and sticking with it. So if you're like, I, I, I really want this idol with me when I'm, you know, in the, in the bottom six, cause that would just be so valuable then. And so I'm not going to play it now. Cause it's, unless, you know, unless someone's like, Hey, I'm in your alliance, like for sure they're voting you then. Yes. But if you have a suspicion, maybe you do just hold on to it for a night or two and say, if I go with the item in my pocket, so be it. Cause my strategy is I, I want to keep it and make a huge move at six. And if, if that works, I'll be, you know, have a great testimony at the end. And if it doesn't, then so be it, right? So I think I think more and more people are just expanding what used to be just kind of black and white 101s of Survivor. Where it's like, this is what you do. This is what you don't do. You're an idiot because you did this. Like, what are you thinking? You're watching at home like you fool. And now it's like, hey, you realize in the game, you just got to you gotta play a strategy that works for you. And sometimes it doesn't work out. Often it doesn't work out. Yeah, I was thinking earlier actually how when I look back at a survivor season, I can't always list off the winners quickly, but I can list off big moves and I can think of stories and certain things that happened. So, I mean, obviously in the real game, it'd be nice to walk away with the million dollars and sort of the, the honor that comes with that title. But I think there is more of that impetus. And as you're saying, where, you know, how cool would it be to use this in a way that told a story? And I think that's how I kicked off every season. I kind of lost my mind partway through and was never able to sort of do what I'd hoped with it. But yeah, I do agree with you that there is sort of a shift now and there is value in playing an idol well versus playing it just, just in case. Right. And I will promise to be nice to you, nice to you throughout most of this episode, but just to state on the record, you have not played very well with your idols. You've played very well otherwise at Survivor at home, but watching, and no one has really, but watching, I'm like, oh, Katie, like, why are you using it now? Like, or why didn't you wait? Or, um, but again, I'm not there. Like, I'm not feeling those emotions of that's, of the game, right? So I, it's easy for me to judge. That's um, the thing. I remember. 
It, I remember a tribal council in Survivor at Home season two where Katie, myself, and one other, maybe shout out Alex Street. I believe the three of us all played idols in the same tribal council. None of us got a single vote. Mm-hmm. It's it you just don't know. And that was the first tribal council after the merge. And you just you just have no idea what's going on at that point and where the lines are drawn. And are people actually gonna stay loyal like they've been telling you they will or uh, what's going on and and one person pops out an idol and then someone follows right away and they're like well I can't get idled out so I'm going to play mine and all of a sudden there's three idols played and uh, someone else gets all of the votes basically um, and you were never even in danger it's it's not easy to play idols um, uh, one more question though about Survivor at Home Katie there's rumors swirling around that you've hung up your Survivor at Home shoes uh, for a little bit as a contestant and have potentially been um, de- deciding to help out with the production of Survivor at Home instead. Can you confirm or deny those rumors and tell us a bit about what's going on? Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to speak to that. I would like to comment on the idea that I have specific Survivor shoes, and I would like to state for the fact that they are moon shoes. Um, that's the answer to that question. Okay. Unless, no. unless Probst says that I'm allowed to say otherwise. You're allowed to tell people for okay. sure. Yeah, I'm excited to have you helping put this together. It's a lot of work and, you know, to have someone else from our great family line uh, contribute some <laughs> some thoughts here um, and some and some planning. Uh, but yeah, in all seriousness, you, Katie is uh, helping put together season four of Survivor at Home, which happens in January. Applications, registrations are open now. And we'd love for people to sign up. It's a really fun weekend. And so I'd encourage you to check that out. Uh, we are uh, planning the season and Katie, you're, you're jumping in to this process. What is that like though? Like, are you, is there any mourning? Or do you feel like I've done my three seasons? I'm okay to, to help at this point. Yeah, I think that it's, it feels like the right time. I will say, I don't think I would never play again. I think in a future season, it would have to be a really different setup. I think just being on this side of things and learning some of the details of what happens, it it would be an unfair advantage if things were too similar. Um, But yeah, I think, I mean, Andrew puts so much work into this. We've heard stories from Steph about late, (laughs) late writing in his diary late into the night about different ideas. This is uh, true. This is true. Yeah. But yeah, it's exciting. And it's also neat to be able to see this side of things and, um, there have definitely been some conversations about potential challenges or potential timelines. Uh, and I wouldn't say too much, but I, I think that we're trying to take a page out of Prope's book for this season and uh, do a little bit of the unexpected. Absolutely. Yes. That's a good plug, Katie. Uh, SurvivorAtHome.com. Check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Myself and Katie hosting. And yes, a few twists and turns that will definitely be coming. Uh, but let's uh, jump into the episode for tonight, season six of Survivor 41. This was all over the place. It was incredible. Jordan and I have show notes, and it took us like double the time to p- compile them tonight because it was like there's just a lot that took place in this episode. But we're just gonna kind of walk through, and right away we're we're introduced again back to Shan and Ricard coming from Tribal. There's two of them left. A really rare sight to see a tribe dwindled down to two people. And you think that at this point, okay, they're like, all right, we're, there's definitely a merge. We're going to be aligned. But no, there's almost immediately, again, this tension around this advantage. We talked about it last week. But uh, what do you guys think about this? Like this, you know, they, they don't leave it be, right? They don't, they don't just brush it over. 
um, they have, I guess they have to bring it up because he, Ricard still is in possession, but um, do you think it's wise to kind of be so hostile towards each other heading into a merge? It's such an interesting one because they've committed to working with each other. They could have voted each other out. They've consistently saved each other from votes. And it's kind of the, the relationship is a little bit of they need each other maybe more than they realize um, to get where they are and, and to move forward, especially knowing that no one else in the game really knows them. Leanna and Shan have a little bit of their, uh, their relationship uh, that they built, but outside of that, Ricard has not met anyone else on this season. So they need to, to trust each other. And if this one vote, one extra vote advantage is what's going to constantly be a little thorn or a little split in the relationship between Shan and Ricard, um, that's a, that's a dangerous spot to be in because they're both really strong-willed and they're aligned on a lot of things and they're not aligned on how to, how to deal with this, um, how to deal with this advantage right now um, with the two of them holding it because it's kind of muddy on whose it actually is. It is. Right. So yeah. What do you guys think? Is someone right and wrong here? Cause I can, I can kind of see both sides of it. The irony to me is that she actually stole it from JD. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. You know, the hypocrisy. But it's true. I think it's, it's, it's muddy, right? It is. There's two. You can see from in Survivor, both both of them kind of making a case. And I, I can't disagree with either thing, either one, really, what they're saying. Yeah. I think the only way they're wrong is if they don't solve the issue and one or both of them gets voted out within the next two to three tribal councils, then however they dealt with it is wrong. Uh because they need to rely on each other to get their footing back in the game because they've had to play really hard really early, which is not a recipe for success in Survivor. If you want to win, uh, you don't want to be having to make huge moves this early in the game because then everyone, it, it becomes really visible and everyone sees that. So um, they'll, neither of them is right or wrong necessarily, but if they both, one or both of them gets voted out early in this merge, then they were wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we jump over to Yasa. We see Xander talking about, you know, he thinks the tribe is strong, but obviously he knows that he might be on the bottom. I don't know if he fully knows there's a women's alliance, but then later on at the merge, he makes some kind of comment about, you know, could be the only guy up for a vote. So I didn't, oh, maybe that's just because he was, anyway, I, I just didn't know for sure if he was aware, but he, whatever he thinks, the reality is Lana, as she says, there is still this women's alliance the three of them really are working together or at least want to pursue that and they're aware of xander's advantages um which again is a big deal do you think there's a chance that the women's alliance stays does that does that last as we head into the merge i feel like tiffany is the wild card on that one she's she just seems to be all over the place and i feel like for now at least she's she's in but i can also see something happening that sets her off or she just says a little bit too much to someone and then it breaks it down um i just i just feel like her gameplay might be the thing that breaks apart that that women's alliance it's interesting you say that because i think and we see this a little bit in the episode but i think liana is the wild card we haven't seen too much of her strategy wise but she is pretty savvy. Uh, this episode, I think, shone a real good light on her. She's thinking the game really well, is trying to be 
strategic in what information to bring forward. Unfortunately, she gets outed a little bit later in the episode and in not wanting to share information and that's not helpful for her, but um, she's thinking a couple of steps ahead. And so I was actually thinking she's the, uh, she could be the reason that that woman's alliance on that Yasa tribe doesn't continue on, which is now there's two questions, question marks on that alliance. So it's really not looking good. Um, for, for the three of them going strong and going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And then Luvu, last but not least, um, I, I thought it was funny to get the tree mail. They're talking about, obviously they know the merge is coming and Erica makes this comment. She's like, I don't trust him, meaning Jeff Probst, right? A little bit of foreshadowing uh, there to what's to come because there is some major twists. It's cool how they capture those moments too, right? Like there's, that was not planned and yet it really did play out in this episode. Um, but we see Nasir kind of lobbying out the idea that guys like this is let's let's stick together and obviously you're going to say that if you're a tribe of six if you're any tribe you're gonna you're gonna like guys we're gonna go into the merge let's work together but i love how even the earliest or, or like newest fan to survivors watching and they're like no you're not gonna <laughs> just, that's probably not gonna happen no. uh, those days of survivor of sticking with your tribe really are, are gone and then deshaun goes on to say right like the Achiar tribe is, I think he used the word shattered, which is pretty vivid yeah. picture, right? Nasir believes it though. I think of that whole group, he's the one who believes that they are strong. So I hope someone loops him in. Otherwise he's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that group is going to be, that Luhu group is going to be so fascinating because they're the only ones we don't know where the lines are drawn. We have a good idea of where the lines are drawn with the Yasa tribe. The women were, go were going strong. We'll see if they continue to go strong. We obviously know where the lines were drawn in um, the Ua tribe with Ricard and Chan working together the whole way and now having a, a an extra vote advantage, tearing them apart a little bit. But uh, they drew the lines on their, their tribe the whole way through, and we saw that with them working together and being the strongest alliance. We can guess at what we see with Luvu right now. And it looks like Danny and Deshaun are going to be tight with each other. They like Nasir. Outside of the Sydney, feels like a bit of a wild card. Heather, we don't get any information. Even when she appeared on screen like three times this episode, it felt like. We don't get any information on her. And it seems like they all are somewhat against Erica, but then only talk good about Erica as well. So I'm not quite sure why they're seeing her as a threat, but they are. Um, but we don't know where those lines will be drawn and if anyone actually will be flipping or, or working with someone different or if the uh, the lines are just too blurred on that Luvu tribe. So it'll be really interesting and fascinating to see how they do moving forward through this merge and, and where who they work with and, and what people they kind of align with um, moving forward. Yeah. yeah. And then, oh, Andrew, did you have anything to add on the Luvu tribe at all? No, I mean, I just was saying it's interesting, those dynamics. We said it before. If there's a team of six that really hasn't had to play and deal with the stress, whereas you have Ua and Yasa to a lesser extent constantly, that's just on their minds. So just how much, like, even momentum. Like, you saw Shan on the Ua tribe and Ricard, but Shan especially saying, I, I don't know about him, right? Like, because that's just where she's at. That's her world, whereas Luvu, for the most part, they don't they're not down that road yet. So just curious how that will factor in even to Shan and, and this kind of will come up in a bit, but I even Shan's, I want to call it paranoia. I think a little bit came out this episode where she's been amazing. Everyone loves Shan. I'm cheering for her, uh, but 
she uh, seems a little bit paranoid, right? And it's how could you not after all these days and all that's going on? Whereas again, you jump back to Luvu and it's like, they're in day one in that regard of the social game, maybe day two. They're not far on the journey. So just an observation that it's, again, very interesting to see. They're all on the same, you know, island together. They're all coming to the merge, but they've actually had very different experiences to get there. And now they clash on the battlefield together, which is like the playoffs, right? Um, shout out to the Leafs there. <laughs> and, um, and Shan had the line about Ricard. I trust him ish. Yes. You've just gone through four votes with him and decided to keep him. And we trust. That's him what I say about ish. Jordan, my co-host, when people ask midweek, when I'm talking to fans on the street, like, what do you think of Jordan? I'm like, I, 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 tr- I, I trust. I like him ish. Like, I don't know. What do you want, what do you want me to say? <laughs> the glowing, that's a glowing review of myself. <laughs> Good to know. Like a four out of 10. A four out of <laughs> not even a pass. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> my high school grades oh man <laughs> yikes <laughs> uh, we're, not, we're not gonna touch that um then then we get into the kind of merge still a little bit murky on exactly how this all worked but um they have a challenge and half the group un- or less than half the group five out of the six who win the challenge uh who are going to win the challenge that is actually go into the merge and everyone else is just kind of playing survivor, but they're and and not a part of the merge yet um, or have to earn their way in, which I think is an interesting concept. Um, I think it sounds a little bit cooler than it actually played out. You just have two tribes, but everyone gets to vote. Um, it sounds like, but the winning team doesn't have to compete for, uh, uh, for individual immunity. They all get immunity versus everyone else will have to compete for it and then play. But the twist, and I don't mind when Survivor throws in these types of twists where one or, in this case, two people sit out from a challenge and don't get their fate determined. It's a game of luck. Um, And Jeff says the line of, a Survivor player's journey often comes down to a moment, and sometimes that moment starts with the luck of the draw. I think a big part of Survivor, twists rarely knock you out of the game how you react to twists mm. can knock you out of the game. And there's been few twists that, that have knocked out. Uh, shout out to uh, Malcolm, um, a famous survivor player. Malcolm is still very bitter at a twist that knocked him out in, in game changers. He'll tweet about it every once in a while. He does. He does not like it. Um, but for the most what was part, that? you got to say it now. Cause not all he, of us. Yeah. So it was that there were, they had three tribe from my memory. They had three tribes and um, two of the two losers in the challenge had to go to tribal council together. And uh, someone on his tribe tipped off the other tribe on who they were going to vote out. So then the other tribe played an idol for that person and he and he got voted out because his tribe had the numbers going in. Right. Um, and so he got voted out and he, he blames that twist. But it's how you react to twists that should determine your fate in the game versus what the twist actually is. So a twist shouldn't lead you to be voted out. In my opinion, it should be. But if you react, poorly to it that should lead you to get voted out i think anyone who looks at a twist as an opportunity to keep playing the game in new ways and i i mean i know andrew posted online about this recently about how exhausting it must be to really be on there and what your mental capacity really would be but being able to think on your feet not just in those relational moments those conversations but when jeff is addressing you all and the way that you you know react outwardly the way that you sort of change your behavior because of that I totally agree that that can end up having a huge impact. And even, 
you know, thinking about when Luvu, or no, well, it felt like Luvu, when the other, the winning group decided to send Erica away. Like at this point, you gotta know that going off by yourself equals advantage. Like it's it's crazy to me that they didn't seem to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. I just wondered if they looked at it as they didn't want to isolate Nasir from them because they're not a hundred percent sure where where if he a hundred percent sits with them. Um, they're not sure about that. Uh, so wait, was it so not rock, that. paper, scissors? I, I missed no, I I missed no they were lying. No, as soon as they, as soon as Danny said paper, he says paper, rock, scissors. As soon as he said it, I went, it's there's rock, no paper, way that's scissors, how they Danny. determined Come on. Everyone knew that he would, uh, um, everyone knew that he would be, they would choose Nasir. Nasir is who they wanted to work with. And so instead, when, when they made up that they played rock, paper, scissors, I went, there's no way. And even Erica later on said, there's no way they did rock, paper, scissors. I was getting, I wasn't getting picked by that group. Mm. yeah that's that's interesting i didn't catch that but i was he just said it so certain you know what's the word and danny danny admitted to that danny admitted to that too in a confessional when they were on the merge feast right he admitted that he they didn't do rock paper scissors he just needed an excuse as to why they picked nasir and they figured luck was the right right. way to go yeah so jordan you said you you didn't necessarily love this twist merge ish happening coming in what, what I do don't, th- I, it's not that I didn't love it. I don't, I don't mind it. Um, I think it can be good. I think it sounds better than it was executed. Um, and so with like, you've just given half the tribe immunity. That, that's all you, that's all you've done, right? You've given half of the, half of the merged people immunity and they tried to make it, they're making it, you got to play into the merge versus no, you just gave them immunity and we're, we're fighting and we're all going to go to tribal council. That's really all that happened. Really? Um, I'm surprised because as a sports fan, like it seems like a play in like into the playoffs, right? Here's a chance for your team that you're, you draw randomly, but your team, if you win this, you're like, you get the buy like into the merge and the other guy's got to battle it out in that first immunity on the line, uh, individual immunity, and, and they're the only ones that can be voted out. Like I, I saw that as like, this is a really cool, way to to do it right so i i personally really like this i was just curious uh to hear your take there what do you think katie about that yeah i think it was i to be honest with you i misheard and i was sitting there the whole time thinking oh he never said they were safe like in my mind they thought if they won the challenge that meant that they wouldn't be going to like that they would have the immunity and i just thought that would be a huge twist you know they think that getting the merge piece means that they're safe but it doesn't but that's not what it was actually um yeah I thought I think in some ways it just felt like rather than having one more week of a tribe swap and then you know individual challenges it was just merging it all into one so I part of me wonders if it was a time constraint if they were trying to just make things happen quicker but I also think it adds an interesting dynamic because did you just draw a line is there going to be this little bit of tension of knowledge that these people have now had this I think more so than the immunity have had food and whether that is going to come up again and whether that's going to be something that kind of separates people and creates these secondary alliances or yeah so I don't know I'm not sure how that'll play out but I think it was an interesting choice for sure Hmm. very cool well I liked it despite what you guys say 
I don't I don't mind it. I think I, know, I'm just I think I'll, I might come to like it and we'll see I think Tribal Council will the next Tribal Council which should be right at the begin uh, it'll be whenever it is next episode. Um will will show me how this actually this actually played out. Um because I wasn't a big fan of there not being a tribal council. This episode is a, the biggest argument for, can we please get Survivor at least another half hour on TV yeah. each Absolutely. Wednesday, if not a full second hour? Because we could just- Or we could, why not go the Big Brother route? Just 24-7 cameras. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. Release the footage. Release yes. the footage. <laughs> um, yeah. Give us that extra footage so that we can- uh, like maybe like I can who, look up yeah. challenges online so that I know the re- I know the results of them and then can just watch the social gameplay or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I more time. Sorry, I'm please. not trying to be combat- combative here. I I would not want that. This is different than Big Brother in that they the, Survivor's telling a story, right? It's a, and it's it's a genuine story, but there is a lot of thought and editing that goes into it. So. You, it, it's kind of like like Steph, my wife, is a photographer. Like if people ask, well, can I just have the unedited photos? She says no, because that's not her product, right? Survivor, we, the reason we've come back 41 seasons is because of the, the, the way that production masterfully puts it together. Uh, Big Brother's great. They do a fantastic job, but it's just a different game where it doesn't really matter to see the week by week, day by day little uh, moments. And, and you, you can even pay online, I think, and watch behind the scenes of big brother during like the off hours. But um, so I'm not against, I love the extra content. I love the, the little, I wish they would do more. I wish there was way more hours of the show, draw out the story, draw out the production. Uh, but I, I, they could never do that. They could never have real time because it doesn't give them chance to, to go back and tell the story. And you'd probably have too much footage of people just wandering off to poop. <laughs> Keeping it classy, guys. I paid twenty nine dollars for this. Yeah. Imagine yeah. all the imagine all just the like dead. We'll call it dead footage they'd have. Just people doing whatever. Nap time. It is like, crazy when you. We're think not going to do this. Yeah, and then get the ten seconds of content of Tony making a ladder and climbing up it. Yeah, and then they're just doing nothing again for three days. I I um, would love to. Get, that's a great thought, Jordan. I've I would love to pick the brain of the production side and Jeff and the team there, Mark. Um, like they must have it down to a science now, but every day or however they do it, like you get footage. I mean, it's, it's ongoing. It could be even the night, but I, I imagine usually at nighttime, it's, it's quieter. They get the footage. They, they probably like label all the clips, you know, of all the things that it might come up under, whether it's like strategy or potential, um, you know, idols or, you know, telling the story, like an emotional story, like just put these tags so you can quickly pull them back later. Like they got to have it ready to go. And I think they, they, I would just be very curious. Like what is the process from take any day, Survivor Day 15? You know, how did you take the footage, all those cameras, all those challenges, all those cameos, all the dead time, all the going to the washroom, you know, and, and then how did you, what did you do next? Like, where did that footage go? What do you cut any of it right now? Um, I would just be curious to hear uh, how that all works. Fascinating to think they put it all together um, each week, right? Or each it's day. Been re- for, it's yeah. been really cool to me that they've had a different emphasis this season and that we've been able to see a few shots. There was one tonight of the camera crew. And just remembering that there are people, you know, it's not, especially in the nighttime scenes, it's not that there's a camera set up on uh, 
uh, like in a tree branch or something. Yeah. And that there are people who are there. And and even with Erica on the island thinking, you know, there's probably a crew member or two there and that they are going through this survivor experience too. And Mm -hmm. I think, especially in the context in the last year and a half, I think that reminder that people who do the behind the scenes work are working just as hard as the people you're seeing. So that's been a really, I think it's really enriched the show. Even though it feels weird, it's it's a strange, disorienting moment to remember or to see how many people are there. Um, I think it also helps it to feel a bit more human. I mean, it does already, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's well said, Katie. Um, yeah. so, so the challenge itself you know they oh sorry jordan go ahead no i was i was just agreeing that was uh um that's a great point was going to get into the challenge as well um the challenge random teams are drawn one team looks can we say significantly stronger than the other one and jack (laughs) even called it out dan danny ricard sydney deshaun um evie they they look like they're they're going to be in a good spot uh, compared to Xander, Heather, Leanna, Tiffany, and Shan. Um, and sure enough, we see that right away with them digging out that boulder. I want to know how much that boulder weighs because there were moments where it looked light and there were moments where it looked like a full boulder. Um, and uh, yeah, that'd be interesting. Xander comes out of that challenge talking about all the bumps and bruises. And he goes, I feel how I look um, after that challenge with it, with everything physically that they had to go through um i was actually uh, really surprised by that and then the fact that back at the camp no one seemed to be acknowledging him like he literally lifted them all and they were standing on him and you could see his facial reaction and i just felt this sense of like no no one has acknowledged that he just literally bore their weight and got beat up for it i just felt a bit sad for him there yeah, when Poor he's guy. like leaning leaning backwards against the ramp, yeah. and they're standing on his face or his shoulder yes. and his face, like just mangling his body. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, that boulder. Again, thinking from the production side, it, it there's no way it can weigh so much that if it rolls slips, it'll crush someone. Uh, that would right. be a disaster. Because that you know, talk about like digging deep. Like that literally was had to have been five feet deep or six feet deep almost. They're yeah. almost up to their neck uh, when they're in the hole. So. That would be, there's no way it's too heavy that like it would crush them and pause the season. But uh, I, I would guess like maybe 100 pounds. I don't know. Like I'm just ballparking it, but the, enough that it, it takes some, to, some push, but it's mostly the resistance of the sand and coming out of a six, five or six yeah. foot hole. Cause you're right, once it gets going and even one or two of them are in there, they're, they're able to put, push it up fairly yeah. easily. But it's just also the size of it, right? And, the globe size ball as Jeff refers to, which also is not accurate because the globe is bigger than a ball, but <laughs> I got, I got, when he said that, I was like, I get you, Jeff. I understand. I understand. But, um, but yeah, so they, so they roll it over. It is physical. I thought it was a really cool challenge to be honest. Just like that. Yeah. Again, digging deep, um, lifting yeah. each other up, standing at each other again, really cool just to see people like Heather. I like, I like the human element of it. Like she clearly is not going to win this season, but they're really rallying around her, just her personal accomplishments. And that's great. Like we should celebrate the, the things that people do um, that are even relatively small, that are, are personal accomplishments. So kudos to her. Um, and even like, it's funny when they got to the top, the yellow team, they all like piled up like a movie, like piled <laughs> on top of each other, like legs flailing up in the air. Just cool. Like a really yeah. neat moment. They don't give up. 
Um, and there was a really cool, did you guys catch that? The moment with Nasir um, yep. and Erica? And he goes, come on, Evie. And she's like, it's it's Evie. And in that moment, I was like, we are all vindicated here on this podcast. We have a, been saying Evie for six weeks now. It's been a it's been a mishmash disaster of the name of <laughs> Evie or Evie. So thank you for um yeah, just making us feel better about ourselves this year. And Erica, of <laughs> course, correcting him in that. But um, yeah, any other comments, guys, on the challenge before we get to what takes place after? I was just thinking when you're talking about the pile of bodies at the top, um, when Xander climbs up and they all pull him up and then just, yeah. I think it was Tiffany and Heather just kind of rolled out of the way. And that just kind of signified in my mind of, Oh, we're done. We got, we got the physical part of the challenge done. And the whole, the four girls, right. As, as Xander got up there, just rolled away and then got up and, and tried to complete the cha- uh, the the puzzle, but it was just kind of a, a funny moment to notice. It was like a quick two seconds, but I, I know I chuckled at it a little bit um, from the challenge. Anything else for you, Katie, that, that stood up from hey, that challenge? To be honest, the thing that I could not get over was everyone's technique with the ball. I didn't understand why they were digging on the back. Like, why don't you dig at the front, build a ramp mm. and just push it up the ramp? This is my one query. But again, maybe the weight of it, yeah. it just wouldn't have worked. I don't know. Yeah, what maybe maybe the the leverage to get underneath it right. to push it, right? Because it, that that's deep? the only thing I can think There's of. There's probably some good yeah. it's a good thought. There's probably some good physics that go in, yeah. you know, into that of like what's yeah. the the depth that needs to go and the size of the ball for it to not just pop out if you push it hard enough from the top. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. The digging and like I'm not I don't know, I guess it's all what you grow up with, right? But we grew up going to the beach or being at, you know, at a beach playing. I feel like I would dominate digging a hole in the sand. Like it doesn't seem that hard. <laughs> it doesn't seem that hard. But then you see people like with one hand, like getting like flakes of sand. I'm like, get in there. Like get Xander. I think it was, was really struggling. Some of them, I think Lana or someone else was really was, was in there. But I was like, how do you not know how to dig sand? Like, it seems like something so natural to me, but. But they I have guess, no protein in them too, right? He, yes. Yeah, Xander hadn't eaten for three days at that point. This is true. Yeah. Okay. I'll give them a pass. Um, so blue, blue ends up winning the challenge. The, the word is merge feast. I always love, like, as soon as I knew what the answer was, cause they showed us the answer on the puzzle um, in the, when they, when they show the audience, the, the, the puzzle, uh, they gave us the answer, which is merge feast. But as soon as I saw those letters, I went, there's no way they're not going to get merge feast out of those letters. It was mm. really short and merge was basically just spelt backwards on the puzzle, at least for the blue tribe. Um, so I was surprised that they played it up that it that it took that team so long to get to, to get merge feast and then had to reshuffle the letters. I did like how it was organized and you had to reshuffle the letters, kind of like what's the game rush hour, I think. Yes. You gotta reorganize yeah. the blocks yeah. without moving into them out. Made it a little bit more difficult to figure out how to get the word yeah. in its correct now, spot. Jordan, at risk of shaming us both, I remember a puzzle in season two of Survivor at Home. That we and you and I and Karen, was it three of us or were there four of us at that point? Michaela was there, was there too, right? At least four of us. Yeah. 45 there was, there minutes was four of, us. of just like sheer agony trying to figure out this one word puzzle. And the word ended up being fires. Was it fires? It was fires. Like I typed in and fire 75 times and it was fires. I, I typed in a thousand words that had nothing to do with Survivor. And like the fact that it doesn't click, that it's obviously going to be Survivor related. So I do have a bit of sympathy for them <laughs> that it wasn't an instant. Yeah, especially being under pressure. 
Um, yeah. yeah, it's easier yeah. to say from this from this perspective. Yeah, I had tried to block out that challenge. Um, any of those puzzle, <laughs> those puzzle challenges, I probably spent. I did two or three of those puzzle two two of those big puzzle challenges, and in Survivor at Home, and I think I spent a combined hour and forty five <laughs> minutes on them, and didn't come close to completing either one. Um, shout out to my sister who beat me on one, and shout out to Katie who beat me on the other one. <laughs> Actually, you beat me on both, but my sister also beat me on one of them. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it's, yeah, Andrew's got it. For those who haven't memories. seen it, I don't know if it's a public photo or whether I want it to be, but Andrew did take a screenshot of that moment. Jordan, maybe you could just like crop it and use the picture of you and Karen for like table decor or something at the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for those uh, listening <laughs> in who, who weren't some of the 14, 16 players playing, yeah, they were doing this online challenge, this puzzle to, to make, make it further, very intense, and they all got stumped. And I guess I'm just so smart that the challenge is beyond them. <laughs> and there's a moment we took a screenshot. Just It wasn't like you were just discouraged. It was like you were just distraught and questioning all the meaning of life. All of you looking at the camera at the same time. Like, <laughs> like what is this? Like, what have I got myself into at two in the morning uh, playing this stupid game with Andrew? Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the reference picture. I don't think it's up on the website, survivoratthome.com, but Maybe that's worth throwing up there. Uh, yeah, that well. photo has circulated a couple of times. It's yes. not the most flattering photo. Yeah, maybe no. make it password protected or something. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Yes. Yeah, fires photo of shame. Absolutely. Yes. Anyway, so they win the challenge. Anyways. Yes, Blue yeah. Blue wins it. Um, and then we have this this deciding moment. We alluded to it already where they have to choose between Nasir or Erica, and they end up picking Nasir. And just, I, I do like, again, production's way of capturing, I think, real moments where you have Erica's emotion there, right? She's she's left alone. And Jeff asks her, like, what's the emotion here? And just kind of processing that. She alludes to feeling like, you know, I'm on the bottom. I didn't quite get that fully because she's, it was random. The two gray rocks were not anyone's choice. It was just between her and Nasir randomly. But they ultimately, she she even thought, yeah, they they did you know, choose him over me. And, and there's emotion to that there. Um, I just am curious for you guys too. you know, were there times when you played survivor at home or could you see yourself on the real show um, being overcome like that? of just being like, this, this sucks. Like I'm the one person as everyone walks away and here I am. How, what would you say to Jeff if you were standing there and he asked you what, what's the emotion after this, this event? Like the the seasons where they have some sort of exile, like that that alone time must be tough because I am sure that whichever cameraman or producers or whatever crew is out there are told, unless it's a specified confessional where you're asking questions and the contestant is answering them, they're probably told just to not engage and and not say anything and and step back and just film and this person is just out there on their own despite their will be someone with a camera watching their every move or mostly every move. It's got to be lonely. She had a re I actually thought she had a really cool line where she said, where Erica says to Jeff, I kept it. I took care of this fire all night long to keep my sanity. It gave me something to do, kept me sane. So I wasn't just, I, what did she say? So I didn't just curl up into a ball and cry the whole night. Mm -hmm. Like that was a real moment. And I'm sitting there going, 
yeah, you don't have, you're not, you're given barely any food. Was she given food? She was given clean like water. A little bit of rice, maybe. She had a little bit of rice, some clean water to drink, which for two days, that did not look like a lot of water. Um, and she's, yeah, she's stuck out there, nothing to do. And there's no sign of, of any sort of advantage at the time, then Jeff comes out and they talk about the advantage and, and life is different. And she's got a day to, to think about that. But these seasons with exile are tough. Anything where you're out alone on an Island and you just kind of have to make do. And then her, we get this cool every week. They highlight someone, uh, someone's background, their family, their home life. And we get highlighted the first true time we get a Canadian highlighted. I know Shan, um, I believe is listed from Canada, but Erica grew up in Canada. The cla- one of the one of the classic Canadian stories, one version of it, where parents moved into Canada. She's grown up here. I don't remember if she said she was born here or not, but in Canada, but uh, grown up in Canada and is is Canadian and and um, uh, her family worked hard for the life that they have and and she gets to build that uh, on her own in Canada. It's just mm-hmm. a really cool story that we get to hear. Um, on U.S. national television, along mm-hmm. with along with Canadian, um, and get that highlighted was was a cool moment to see uh, from Erica. But all do we know where to... she's from? Like where she's GTA Ontario, Ontario. Okay, um, I don't know beyond that. Okay, so you'll be we able were... to get her on the show, Andrew. How do we get <laughs> Erica to come and play Survivor at home? given that we're generally just keeping it to people within the GTA, although there may be exceptions, so don't let that deter you, but um, more to come on that. We'll, we'll, we'll try we'll and just tweet at her that you'll give her a $5 Tim's card. This is true. Nice. This That'll is true. Her. Yes. A very stereotypical, but true yeah. Yeah. enticing thing. I had Tim Hortons today. So <gasps> nice. it, was, it was very good. Um, I do think uh, sort of the earlier comment someone made, I already forget. And it was 20 minutes ago uh, about, how you respond to things and how that affects your game. And um, I think it would be very hard, like she said, to be by yourself for one night and one day. And then the fact that it's two is pretty phenomenal. You're missing out on strategizing. You're missing out on the merge fees. You're missing out on so much. But I do think there's a potential there that nobody else has. You have two uninterrupted days to think and reflect and to not be in that hectic frame of mind or feeling like someone might be watching you and i do think that if you choose to use that time it could actually be the thing that changes your game because mm-hmm. you actually are able to plan ahead in a different way than you might have be had or before the game because you know people now so i think if done well that could actually be a huge advantage in the game even though there are costs that's really well said. I, again, yeah. I my default reaction is like that would suck. You're not there strategizing. You'd be angry or frustrated or emotional that you don't get to be a part of that. But it's cool, similar to our earlier conversations, that maybe a, a more dare I say like holistic view of the game in terms of just there's just the, those moments that seem like they could be bad. But I'm going to use this to really process, to really think. So that was very well said, Katie. I, I and I it seems like she did a bit of that right as she was there mm-hmm. so um yeah that's cool and then the last thing on erica uh or second last thing actually from me on erica but um with her on that on exile island which may or may not be 
um, Edge of Extinction from Winners at War. I'm not sure if it was Edge of Extinction from Winners at War, but it kind of looked like it. That's a side note. Anyways, um, on the Exile Island, she gets a choice. She can choose to undo that last challenge and have the other team win it. And then they get all the perks of immunity at the next, they're safe in the next tribal council. I guess they all have immunity and the other group have to battle it out. Um, or she can keep it the way it is. And I was trying to think of like pros and cons to mm. each one. So if we go pros on keeping it, you don't mess with anything, which I think is a big thing in Survivor is not not making people upset, right? Um, especially because most people on that tribe that won were in theory people that she's working with. We kind of learned that they're probably not working with her, but in theory, they're people that she knows and are working with and you want not to be against you, not necessarily on your side, but you don't need them against you in that moment. Um, but then some cons to that is she might feel on the outs with them anyways and doesn't want them to be mm -hmm. safe. The other biggest thing is if she chooses to change it, she's safe. If she does not change the results, she's not safe. And that's a huge thing, especially with someone like Erica, who's not as physical. So if there's any sort of physical challenge. Is that right? She would be up for voting at tribal? She is correct. As uh, far as I'm aware, everything it was said is that six are safe and six aren't safe. So Nasir is considered on the winning tribe and she's oh, considered to be gotcha. on the losing tribe. Yeah. Or the losing group, I guess. The mergatory group. Uh, she's a part of yeah. <laughs> Sander for that quote. That's interesting. That almost downplays the significance of that whole scene. Then I still like it a lot. That to me though, takes it down a notch where like, of course you're going to do that. Or at least that'll, that'll be more incentive to, to flip the script because your name is one of the six and now it's not. So I didn't realize that. I assumed she was kind of exempt given she's not been a part of any conversations back at camp. No. We we can I'm, hear that it's different than that, but I believe it was mentioned that she's she's not safe. There's six of them that aren't mm, safe. I don't She'll like come that. back and compete. She will come back and compete in that immunity challenge that the rest of them have to compete in. I'm pretty sure that was said. Right? I don't think she does. No, I think she comes back in time for tribal. And uh, she's I, there for the challenge because we see her at the challenge. Oh, of course. In the, yes. Okay. In the yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. definitely there for the challenge. Yeah, yeah that's just the a thing? ghost. Oh, <laughs> wrong season. <laughs> I did wonder how much information gets revealed because if she can change nothing and go back and not have to reveal it, that's not really an advantage to her. But if she can say to that group of six, listen, I had a chance to throw you all under the bus and I didn't do it. So love me. Then that would be an advantage. But if she's not saying anything, then of course, like, why not? So that was, that was one of my biggest questions that I would have had for Jeff in that moment is, is my choice secure? Is it secretive? Will people know that it's me that's making that decision? Although I would, I would guess that they would probably assume it was her, even if it was supposed to be secretive. They would probably assume that it was her because she was on her own and then something changes in the game. Like It's kind of obvious who that would be. Everyone was expecting an advantage out of that. The other thing is we know it's not secretive because in the scene from next episode, we see her telling everyone what... Mm -hmm she had a decision to make um so we know that it's it's not secretive and i think it's best for it not to be secretive otherwise people would figure out and then it's like a weird we're pretty sure she did this now she's a threat let's get rid of her versus mm -hmm. now we just know what happened um they should have just Erica. made the the challenge or the advantage there if you could pronounce evie's name right 
we will give you, you get one shot at you it. get one shot but yeah only one <laughs> shot if you say it the, the right way but if not i'm sorry you're out of luck <laughs> that's just how they're going to determine gonna, the winner the way that they uh edited that clip in the trailer for next week it actually made it sound like she didn't do it mm. like the tone of her voice is like i had a chance but then she might be like and then i did it who knows yeah. we'll in, see yeah, yeah. That's interesting if she chooses not to. My interpretation is then she's not safe from the vote, which is not good for her because well, we know the, that she's on the shopping block. Yeah, that's the crux of it for me. If she, It all revolves around that. If she is on the block, I think that's that's a big deal to not do that. Um, if she is, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what, what plays out there. You never know, though, as well. Maybe she gets an idle advantage as well from this exile. True. Maybe she gets some sort of other advantage that she can find. I feel like that's a lot to give one person, especially if she can just flip around something that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a lot. The other thing with Erica is just, and I think I alluded it to to this earlier, but what does the Luvu tribe see in her that makes her such a threat? Because we heard Sydney wanted, in this episode alone, Sydney wanted to vote her out. Deshaun, Danny, Nasir all we're talking about voting her out. We don't hear anything from Heather ever. Hopefully eventually she'll get a confessional and we'll hear something from her. But four of those five, we know we're interested in voting her out. And yet Danny for sure was like, she's so sweet. She's happy. Go lucky. We loved having her around. Everything was all good at the tribe and they all want to vote her out. What, what did they like? What do they see from her strategically? I think in episode two or three, there was a moment where she was talking to Deshaun, I think, about getting Sydney out because she was feeling like unsure. And then Deshaun talked to Sydney and then they think they talked to Danny. So my in my mind, I think it's, you know, they didn't really have to do any actual voting. And so they just had this one person they talked about and held on to it. That's my mm-hmm. theory. Yeah. And yeah. they also tried twice to tank challenges yes. to vote her out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, it's just interesting that they all that whole tribe wants wants to vote her out yeah i mean that's the game right you pick you get your head around someone someone else agrees with you and you're like i'm not gonna rock the boat <laughs> keep their name out there it's not me so but it is again pretty arbitrary i think with with her there's not a lot that has happened to make her the target um mm-hmm. i want to talk about the merge feast too if that's okay the uh they, they get there um Evie, just making reference to how hard it has been again with no rice that this season really is different mm-hmm. and she's the kind of person that seems like she knows what she's talking about she says i've watched every episode i know every person that's on thinks they're probably you know having it the hardest but it really does seem that added element um and i mean other seasons have, have had that pieces of consequences are going without more than what they should have but um or someone dumping your rice in the fire <laughs> which would be crazy and infuriating. But um, yeah, I just thought that was a a good, honest take of saying this again, reminding us this, this is so hard. I did post that on social media, uh, Katie, as you alluded to just the toll that it would take on your, on your, not only your body, but your mind to go without food, to go without coffee and to go without sleep, um, to be cold, um, to be stressed, to be always on would be, significant so that i just thought it was a cool moment um nasir he's growing on i think the hearts of the people maybe a sia fan favorite depending on what happens with his season yeah. but what do you guys think of the, what do you think of uh, the merge feast and uh, just i wanted to ask 
to well let, i'll answer that and then i got a fun little game for you but go ahead what do you think i think it, one of the things about this this challenge where then you got split is earning the merge feast is a cool um on a season like this is a pretty cool concept where you want to get kind of the good food that's happening you do have to earn your way into it um i think that was an interesting spot because why like someone on that that tribe that lost that challenge um heather who hasn't been to tribal council yet she's the only one on that in that group that hadn't been to tribal council yet why does she deserve the merge feast? she hasn't survived a vote she lost this challenge uh to earn the merge feast like they all earn it um yeah, the merge be something to, to earn your way to. And one tribe had not gone to tribal council at all. None of them had survived a vote. And so not all of them get to go to it. I don't know. There's just something about earning your way to the merge feast. And this season, they are making it tougher. It might be shorter than 39 day seasons, only 26 days. So it's a, basically two weeks shorter, but it, uh, but it is not, they're not getting much out there. They don't get rice. They barely got fishing gear. They got their Flint taken a couple of times for some yeah. tribes it's a physically more demanding season than we've seen in past. And I think that's a good thing um, for a survivor because it's not just the strategy game. It is your body is pushed to the limits. Danny talking about this might be the hardest thing I've ever done. Danny played professional football. I'm confident this is the hardest thing Danny's ever done as well. And I'm sure being a professional athlete physically is not, uh, I, I, in fact, I would, I would, go as far to say that we basically know that being a professional athlete is not easy physically. And, uh, and yet this is definitely way tougher. You can see mm -hmm. guys like Danny Xander looks Xander came in pretty thin. Xander looks very, very lean and thin has lost a lot of body weight. Same with Danny, same with probably everyone out there, but those guys specifically, mm -hmm. you can, you can see it. And it's only been day 12, I believe is the last day we wow. see in this episode. <laughs> Uh, so that's less than two weeks that they're in and their bodies are changing significantly because of the lack of, um, lack of nutrition. Very cool. All right. Let me play this little game with you here. I have a semi blurry crop photo here <laughs> on my phone of the merge feast table. We're going to go back and forth and you're going to name items that were on there. How observant were you as fans of the show, seeing the food on the table I really can't see it all because it's very blurry. So I'm just going to pretend to know what is going on. But um, Jordan, you are um, the usual co-host. So I'll let you go first. What what was on there, that table? I know for sure there were like cold cut meats yes. on that table. Yes, there were. <laughs> that was yes. the first one I was thinking of. Yes. Uh, beer. Yeah. Yeah, there was beer. Is this too generic? I'm going to say fruit. Uh, give me, give me some, yeah, get more specific than that. I shouldn't have yeah. asked. I should have just said it. Uh, grapes. I think there were grapes. Yes. Pineapple. Take it. I think there was a pineapple. Yes. Again, after my five seconds of studying, <laughs> this is totally arbitrary. Uh, but a loaf of bread. Yes, there was a loaf of bread. I can see that in the picture. Orange juice. Orange juice, Katie, that's a risky guess. I want to stick with food because I don't know if there was orange juice. Although it looks like, or is it pineapple in the background there? If you're watching it, listening at home, in the background, pull it up. Yeah. Orange juice. I'll, I'll give it to you. Go ahead. Oh, uh, oh, okay. okay. Then I'll, can I take that answer? I'm going to, um, yeah, I'm going to take, uh, no cheese slices of cheese. Sure. 
I truly don't know what's on here. I'm just saying. <laughs> but one there's those, one, there's so one, there's one thing Andrew for want? sure. There, I can see like a few things. I don't know why it's blurry. It was clear before and it's not loading. So. Um, one of those like half melted SpongeBob popsicles. Yes, that was for sure. There. <laughs> you guys are missing. Like what was the big, what was like the main thing? A lot of them are eating. Rice? No. Crackers? Guys. What am I missing? Pizza? What's like the main dish that they're all eating? It was like center stage. Oh, guys. Bad. A flan? If anyone's listening at home and wants to replace <laughs> Jordan and Katie on this oh, podcast. Wow. Four uh, out of ten and now I'm getting replaced. Here we go. <laughs> a chicken. A chicken. There's a, a, oh, a chicken sitting there. They're all eating. They're all eating. Yes. Nice, uh, nice bites of the chicken leg there. So, um, and some cheese. Um, so, congratulations! Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say that, that um, London Steve wins this challenge. Uh, <laughs> not e- not either of you. Um, yeah, he. Yeah. London uh, Steve in his car listening to this episode is yelling chicken for last. Yes. He would have got chicken for sure. That would have been his first answer, I guarantee it. Or beer, beer or chicken, he would have said uh, number one. But anyway, so that's the merge feast. Uh, they go back to camp. You mentioned the Murgatory from Xander. Um, and then we have quite a few different, this is, I mean, it's going to be a bit of a whirlwind in the coming weeks. And we see a start of that already. Um, I love your guys' take on this, of, of what's already unfolding. But we have Shan, um, this, I think is a really weird move from su- such a great player. Shan immediately outs Leanna in front of Tiffany. Yeah. Like, hey, uh, so did you pick the thing? pick the advantage and yeah and Leanna's when, kind of stuck what, what do you guys think about that scene what my kind of thought was when you're new to a tribe and you don't know these people you can't assume anything right you can't assume that they want information and this is maybe shan has been very liberal with the information that she shares in the game and now all of a sudden she asked because she knows Leanna got an advantage, or at least she knows Leanna should have gotten an advantage and just asks her straight up in front of Tiffany. That was a weird moment of like, yeah, why are you asking her in front of someone else? It should just be the two of you. Cause now Tiffany's going to, we've seen Tiffany's kind of interrogation skills. She's going to take that to her advantage. And Leanna's kind of put on her back foot and goes, Oh, I'll explain it to you guys a little bit later, but yeah, I got the advantage. We're good to go. And then Tiffany of course is going to follow up because she's, She's good at that and um, and uses her interrogation skills to follow up and get the information that she needs. But it leads to us understanding that Leanna doesn't really want to work with Tiffany and Tiffany doesn't really want to work with Leanna moving forward. That's an interesting I, dynamic. I was thinking that maybe at the time when Leanna and Shan were talking, she said, I have an alliance with Evie and Tiffany. And so maybe that's what she had in her mind, that this is someone who she said she has an alliance with, and she probably should have checked with her to make sure that was still the case. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so interesting to when they um, when they merge. And in, in more recent seasons, too, of Survivor, you notice that merges or tribe swaps, the game's a lot more fluid. We we mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but you're not just going to have one tribe is going to stay strong and go through the whole game. That's not the way it works, especially when you've got some kind of battle battle scars and battle wounds that that Shan has with some different tribals that she's been to, and mm-hmm. Leanna and Tiffany have. They've been through some tribals, and and everyone's thinking about 
how do I, how do I personally move forward in the game? Who do I want in? Who don't I want? That's one of my favorite things to say about Survivor is you, you win, you move forward because you have to trust in people, but the name of the game is to not, to only trust yourself is the name of the game, but you, you can't move forward without trusting people, but those who you trust, you kind of got to vote out. It's, it's such an interesting dynamic and, um, and everyone's going to have their different plan on what they want to do after this merge. I definitely feel like we're going to see some interesting things with Shan and Ricard. And I'm curious how long that alliance lasts, whether it's out of necessity. I don't think it's going to be out of friendship for much longer. No, it might be for necessity. I left this episode saying we now have two close relationships that are doomed to fail. Ricard and Shan, which we've kind of known for at least a week, if not a couple of weeks, that 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 relationship is tight and they need each other until they don't need each other. And that that's doomed to fail at some point. One of them's going out probably pretty soon, I would think, or they're going to go head to head one of the two. Uh, and then Tiffany and Leanna is the other one. Their, their relationship doomed to fail because neither one wants to work with the other and neither one has told the other that they don't want to work with them or like mm-hmm. has made it clear that they don't want to work with each other. Um, yeah. Those two relationships. But then we also had the merge feast. They come back. And then we start to see cross tribal alliances. And this is the fun part is who's going to end up working together. We knew Leanna and Shan were likely to work together. They bring in Deshaun and Danny. They have a really good heartfelt low key alliance uh, for people of color. They, they quickly mentioned um, about kind of what the last year has meant to them. Mm -hmm. Keep it in mind. They were out on the, they were out playing survivor in May of 2021. Um, So just a couple of months ago. Um, and yeah, just basically what the last year has meant to them. I'm sure they talked about it more in depth out there, but we didn't see as much of that just because we don't have a lot of time to watch Survivor. It doesn't come on TV long enough, so they didn't highlight that. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, we see that that work. Um, Tiffany and Sydney um, are connecting with each other. Uh, Danny wants Erica gone. A lot of that Luvu tribe wants er- Erica gone. Basically, everyone is throwing out Erica's name. Poor Erica. She's mm-hmm. alone trying to make big decisions, and everyone wants to vote her out. Uh, there was another one, Nasir and Danny want to work with strength, and I kind of thought of Tony's Lions versus Hyenas, and they realized they got to keep the stronger players in because if the stronger players start getting voted out, they're on their way. They're mm-hmm. on their way out, and you want those threats to stay in. I want to ask you guys, so you've played Survivor at home a couple of times. Katie for three seasons and you've made the merge. Um, what is it like being there and knowing, okay, I've been, I've come this far with an alliance, but everyone knows this is just winner take all now. So yeah. Is there a percentage of you that like, just take us in inside the mentality of like, what, what is, how much are you weighing? All right. It's time to just go for it. Just team up with everyone. And then how much of you are saying, no, I'm still going to stick with, this group that I've built this relationship with so far? I won't speak for Jordan, but I think for myself, the merge actually for me was a really important solidifying moment. I think up until the merge, I was, there's so much going on and it's really hectic in house party um, when there's still the separate tribes. I never felt confident in my relationships or I was hesitant about some of them, but usually by the merge, I sort of had a sense of, okay, like I, I really, you know, we voted together thus far. I've been able to see that, you know, they're, they're doing what they say they're going to do. Now I can trust them. So I actually think for myself, the merge was a moment where I, 
in a, to a very small point could relax a little bit, just a little though. It's interesting because we talk about, we mentioned earlier about how one tribe doesn't just kind of wipe out the other. Well, in the, in survivor at home season two, Katie and I were both in the final three, along with Karen, um, the three of us made it to the final three. We made it to the final three because our tribe just picked off the other tribe completely and never, there were moments where some of us tried to, um, or made attempts. Like there was a moment where Karen and I made an attempt to work with someone else from the other tribe and, and shake up the game. And it, it didn't, it actually didn't work. The plan got foiled. And then we just went right back with, with our tribe. No one caught on to that. Uh, luckily votes were secretive at, at that particular moment. So no one caught on to that. And we, uh, we continued on with, with our tribe, making it all the way to the end and just maneuvering through, um, through voting out the entire other original tribe. And I think if I remember correctly in that season, Katie, you had actually started with our tribe and then there was a swap of one or two players and you got swapped to the other side or had a moment maybe where you, um, you chose to go to the other side, but either way you went over there and then weren't loyal to them and came back and worked with us. And then that yes. was, uh, that's what helped our tribe make it to the make it to the sleeper end, agent six i think sleeper agent yeah so i think it was just um i think with that the loyalty like when you get to the merge i don't even remember what the question is at this point <laughs> <laughs> i'm just talking now i'm reminiscing about that season yeah but coming into the merge you just got to figure out my thought was always <laughs> let me just stay let's figure out how i can stay and if i'm in if i'm comfortable that i'm going to stay then what kind of move can we make uh, to make it to make this work um, mm -hmm. and to give myself a better footing yeah. in the game? But first priority is just, okay, it's not me. Cool. What's everyone else doing? Mm -hmm. Katie, um, I wanted to ask too, before we finish off tonight, we've asked people in the past few weeks, as you look now at the merge, you get a, a bit of a jump on past guests, but who, who do you like of, of the players still in the game? Who do you think has a good shot of going far? Um, and who might be even a dark horse, someone who, um, you know, people, and they might still fly under the radar, but really have a potential of, of doing really well. So give us, give us two names. Yeah. Um, oh, I do. I've, I've been enjoying everyone that we've been seeing. And so for that, I would say anyone whose stories we haven't seen yet, I'm not necessarily rooting for. Um, so everyone, I've, but Heather. <laughs> no i'm like we haven't seen a whole lot from sydney yet you keep saying on the i think it's the one time where i like audibly respond on the podcast when i'm listening and you keep saying you know sydney just playing it up i think she might just genuinely be sincere the, in the things that she's saying yeah um so i yeah she's i'm not a huge fan of her she seems a bit more mean-spirited so i'm not I'm not a huge fan um yeah, this like this last episode, she was talking when they were walking and said something like, oh, I can't stand Heather or something like kind of snarky. Anyway, that's the opposite of your question. Um, I, I, I like Evie. I'm kind of rooting for Xander too. He's as much as they're talking about how he has all these advantages in his pocket and he's a threat. He also went without a vote or the risk of not having a vote for a long time. Like he took a risk. And it's hopefully going to pay off. So I'm kind of hoping to see him play more. Um, but if I had to guess at final three, I don't think I would have an answer. I just think there's a lot of really, really rich players this season. Wow. Very political of you. Mm -hmm. Like a good co-host. 
coming up. Um, I know, I know you didn't, I know you didn't ask me, but watch <laughs> that's out for all the Leanna. time we have, folks. Thank <laughs> you for tuning. <laughs> watch out, watch out for Liana. I think this episode really mm-hmm. put a shone a good light on her, and last episode did as well. Mm-hmm. Talked about that a little bit, but she's thinking the game. She's got some. She's got a lot of power in her pocket um, right now, and and some good relationships. She's one of those people that like flies under the radar of not the everyone loves Leanna, but more and more they're getting to know her better. At least that's what it seems like and liking her more and more. And she's getting uh, airtime. She's getting, gaining confidence. Well, she's got a few, um, she's got a few choices too, in terms of alliances, right? So Mm -hmm. she has her, obviously her Yasa tribe, potentially the girls, she has talked with Shan about this, the two of them working together. And then they've also had this connection with Danny and Deshaun over four people of color and wanting to make that a potential low key alliance as well. So she's, she's got a lot of paths, I guess you could say to choose from not that you can, I mean, that's the beauty of survivors. You can't pick all the paths. So she's going to burn someone pretty soon, but um, on on her note too, what do you guys think she's going to do with her advantage? Who who is she going to uh, approach and steal? And, And I think it did say again at tribal council, um, who, who do you think she's going to ask? The easy answer seems like Xander, but I think often what happens in Survivor is halfway through the episode, you think you know how things are going to go, and then people keep talking, and someone offends someone, and then things come out. So I think she might initially want to be going for Xander, but then something will happen where she takes another approach. This is my, my theory. What if yeah, she I asks mean, yeah. production, Jeff, do you have an <laughs> idol in your in your closet uh, on your person a, yes that's actually a, yes. isn't that a waste of a question <laughs> she gets one question yeah and she knows where three idols are that's right what I, let's go galaxy brain for a second what if she does that to shan as a blind side and yeah and, vote, and they vote her out right there i genuinely think those two are ride or die i think they're going to go to the end together if they can okay. You think yeah. even after that move by Shan, I thought that was a weird decision by her to out in front of Tiffany. To I do. I think that it just seems like that moment of connection they had when they were going. Because the other thing we forget, too, is that's not a 20 minute walk. They're there for, I think they said four hours. Oh. And they had that really, really emotional response. So I do think. Oh, so sort of in response to that, there was a moment when the four of them were talking on the beach about having their alliance. And I don't remember who, but somebody said, let's build each other up in this game. And I just thought that that was such a beautiful perspective on alliances that you don't get in Survivor very often. It's usually about who do I trust? Who can get me further in the game? But that added level of like, who do I want to choose to build up? You know, obviously the other elements come into it, but there, I think, again, especially coming into the last year and a half, that question of how can I be a good person? How can I remember and acknowledge the humanity of other people? I think it's probably harder to let that go. And so for that reason, I do think that both Liana and Shan are probably going to stick with that alliance between the two of them, at least. So I don't think she would steal it. Okay. So then the other thing would be, it's my opinion that when she plays that advantage and asks someone for their hidden immunity idol, let's say she has to play that idol, that tribal council, right? Like I know she doesn't, she doesn't by the rules have to play at that tribal council, but you can't 
steal someone's hidden immunity idol and then just take it back, throw it in your pocket and take it back to camp. Everyone knows you have it. Um, un- the only way you, well, I guess what you could do with that is the last time you vote someone out is final five, right? So idols are good until final five. So you could at the final six tribal council, take one. Now you're good for final five. Here we go. Let's make a move. That would be the only situation in which you could take one back. Mm. You, otherwise you'd have to play it. If you know, someone's going out. whether it's, it could be a situation where I'm going to take Xander's idol, play it for Danny. Danny's about to get voted out. I know that I can't tell him. I haven't had a chance to talk to him. So I'm just going to take Xander's idol, play it for Danny. Danny's safe. We're knocking out whoever we're knocking out. It has the potential to be a really epic idol moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hope so. I hope she doesn't hope have so. the Katie curse. <laughs> I didn't play idols well either. I, I did not. No I one, no one really has. Like it's there was one idol played well, and then he got voted out the next vote. Mm-hmm. Adam, I think. Shout out to Adam. Was one of the best. Street. Oh, was it Alex? No, Adam played it. Michael and Adam did one in John. the first season too, where the idol was on the box and like a little thing that your that Ruby had drawn, and it was an idol. That was a good moment. No, that was Jamie one? and Jen, I think. Oh, you're right. We're just throwing yes. our, 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 lots of Sorry. names. It was <laughs> someone's name. Everyone, just list Dylan everyone that's ever Petrov. had an idol. That's right. Yeah. Um, well, hey, I really like what you said there, Katie, before, just about the humanity piece. And this game is super awesome. And it's cool to see kind of the, the evolution, even in that way, of that people more than ever are are reminded of these important things. So. I think that's a good note to end on just to kind of summarize um, that piece that's going on and um, the, the humanity of it, that, that, that these are people you're playing with and we're still dealing with people who are struggling big time um, pandemic and post pandemic ish. <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> hey, it's the end of the pandemic ish uh, like Jeff's merge, but it is. So just, just these, these things like survivor that bring us together are awesome. Um and to and to be reminded of these things that that more than ever we need a lot of grace and kindness for each other and for ourselves. I was talking to someone today too for ourselves. I think that's key. Mm-hmm. Um, and shout out to Trent who will text me and say enough with the mushy talk. Just get the survivor. <laughs> but I think it's awesome. And uh, that's all I have to say. Anything else that you guys wanted to add for this week? Very oh, cool. that is that was a great episode thank you so much katie for joining us this week on survivor at home the podcast it was awesome to have you looking forward Glad to be to, here um looking forward to everything you bring for the production of survivor at home season four coming is it january 2020 2022 it is january 21st okay. and 22nd i believe 24, we already have dates ready to go yep. january 21st and 22nd you can find it survivorathome.com is the website i saw applications are up ready to go um you can find andrew and i on twitter as well you can find the podcast on spotify podcast apple podcast we look forward to seeing you next week where we can break down a little bit more of the merge and see who the first person is that gets voted out after the merge always a huge vote looking forward to it thanks everyone we will talk to you next week thanks guys